Hello, minions, and welcome to the fifth episode of Evil Campaign. I'm Kat Cool, your host and game master. Before we get started, first, let me tell you about Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy. Next, if this is the second episode you've ever heard of Campaign, you might just right now be a little confused. Campaign operates on a cycle. It runs three episodes following the crew of the Minoc. That's what we think of as regular campaign. Then, one episode following the crew of the Bluebird. That's this show. Evil Campaign. You should be able to listen to this episode with relative ease, as the Bluebird crew also finds themselves at the start of a new mission. I tend to end each Evil Campaign app with a Dear Bluebird letter. Those are similar to Dear Minoc letters, just asking the Evil crew for advice instead. However, our country is being terrible again. The bleak news cycle made all of my reasonable options feel too unkind. I didn't want to leave you with that. So, instead, this week's send-off will be our dear Minoc, and the campaign crew send-off will be a dear Bluebird next week. We'll just swap it up. Next. Next week, the Pods kids and I are going to be at Celebration. I hope to see you there. Specifically, I'd like to see you at 7.30pm on Saturday at Gods and Monsters, which is a comic shop. Next. Johnny got engaged. Johnny got engaged last week to his longtime paramour, and they're gonna get married one day. That's a thing that happened. Yay, Johnny. Congrats. And now, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. During Shalova Week on Mandalore, a group of heroic rebels aided the piratical glam punk band the Kaiba Crystals in eluding Imperial ISB agents by triggering one of the largest prison breaks in Imperial history. Facing severe consequences for failure, Inquisitor Lufon is bringing in her ace agents to deal with the rogue runaways. Dathomirin, Dark Force Witch, and Hand of the Emperor, Ava Auric and cybernetic bombad bounty hunting Bibolo, Agent Zero! Alright, the first thing that I'm going to need you guys to do is make a destiny roll. Alright. Okie doke. A dark side point. That's good for you. A dark side point. Mm-hmm. A dark, dark side, side point. point! Three dark side points. <clears throat> do we win? Uh, nope. Uh, it's only three dark side points. We need if six to you win. You need six to win. Okay. Oh, okay. Can we roll there. again? Um, you know what? Sure, roll again. <laughs> <laughs> if we got to six, you, got, you guys were the ones who offered it, so I'm taking it. Uh, I got video games to play. <laughs> All right, so we're starting off with loaded dark side points, which is interesting because right now the dark side is not doing so hot. Mm. Uh, we open on Mandalore. We see the wild geometric buildings on Mandalore, the heavily industrial skyline, those really pristine lines, that super alien feel to the world. However, we see TIE fighters in swarms circling the city. There are areas of the city where smoke is coming up, and the most heavily guarded area is the Imperial Training Complex. The prison there has had a break, and we see stormtroopers roaming alleyways and streets, rounding up basically everybody who is outside. An Imperial curfew has been implemented. We see large hollow projections of the Inquisitor's face, 
telling people to stay inside and have their papers ready. I want to cut over to Ava. Ava, you have been put on what I, I think for you is kind of like a humiliating detail. Okay. And that is rounding up just people. Okay. It's not even people that you have to apply force to. Right. Just scalawags. So, yeah. Um, Riffraff. I want to, there is a bar uh, that's just full of bar patrons. Uh, you've got Mandalorian models one through four in there. Oh, God. Um, what does it look like as Ava rounds these people up? Oh, she's already done it. The bar is in complete disarray. Mandalorian's models one through four are, are the 20 people in that bar. Yep. And they're completely knocked out um, and kind of, you know, piled up on top of each other over the, the seats and back cushions of the bar. The camera like slowly pans right to left over this scene of destruction as mm -hmm. you hear a struggle in the back. There's a look and then um, uh, someone drops really close to the camera. Then Ava walks from the camera into the frame and we get the slow pan of her starting at her boots. Um, right, you got to describe this outfit. I mean, you put yourself <laughs> in that position. I didn't put you there. You put yourself there. Well... I wasn't going to skip on the chance to describe an outfit, okay, James. Okay, okay. Jeezy Creasy. What? <laughs> well. Jeezy Creasy. So she is wearing thigh-high boots, obviously, and a bodysuit that is shorts. It's black. Mm -hmm. Shorts with long sleeves that turn into gloves. And it has, this is Star Wars, so it has that pipe ribbing that's yep. like, yeah, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, the darted yeah. up the sides. And it's high-necked because we're evil. Um, now, is this textured at all? Or is this like leather? Or I don't think you can tell because we're sci-fi. Mm -hmm. We're not quite sure what this is but it has a bit of a pattern to it okay so it's either leather or a synthetic material right it could potentially be very strong and it has a zipper component to it naturally well, actually unnaturally for star wars i believe this is a back to basics moment actually uh george lucas ordered that all outfits in star wars show as few fasteners as possible now zippers not buttons Anything George thought would ruin the illusion of it being the space future. You're right. They don't like fasteners at all. But Ava likes them. <laughs> Ava likes indicating that you can take off clothing. Ooh, okay. I mean, fair. Yeah. But you can't tell that from the back. It'll be revealed throughout different points of the episode. So the audience needed to know. Um, so she walks up through the bar and starts making herself a cocktail. I think she actually just grabs a frosted cocktail shaker. She flicks it, separating the cup from the metal cocktail pour. She grabs it and pours out a frosty black nebula for herself, mm -hmm. raises the glass to her lips, and a red blinking light fills the room. What does Ava's communicator look like? Ava's communicator is built into jewelry that she owns. Mm. Okay, yeah. So a red blinking light fills the room um, off of a silver spiraled piece of jewelry that she has on her arm. One of the figures starts to gurgle and reach for a blaster. She sighs and goes and steps on the person's arm and then activates it. Yeah, and like you can hear like the ah, ah as she's looking at it. 
She frowns, curses under her breath. Fask. And we smash cut over to Zero smashing someone. I think this is probably not too far outside the hospital. I think the hospital is in the background. Yeah, for sure. And you are just furious. So you are wailing on someone. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what the context. This could be an order from the Empire, or you're taking advantage of the chaos to blow off some steam. Uh, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think Zero has been assigned to maybe a similar duty of just like rounding up people, like making sure they have their papers, making sure everybody is in line. And one guy just kind of decided he wasn't about that and just took off running. And so chases him down and now has him classic metal arm on neck, lifting him up on a wall. All right, Diggs, if you don't have your papers, that's totally fine. But you just got to tell me that you don't have the papers. And... Look, all I need you to do is say I don't have the papers, Diggs, and we can be done with this. Diggs, I don't need you to try my patience right now. Um, And I think you slam your repulsor fist into, like, the ferrocrete that's next to his head on the building, and, like, it crumbles. It's the same arm. So there's, like, a moment where he gives him some leeway. He's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you – just say that you got your papers. And as he catches his breath, he switches arms, pushes him up (laughs) again with his other arm, which is not as strong, but, you know, he still gets him up there. Yeah. And then just – on the side of the wall as like we are going to have a problem digs and i think at this moment this man digs faints from fear yeah from pure terror it's at that moment a light blinks on your helmet notifying you that you have a message and this i don't think this is something that causes you to swear under your breath this is like kind of confusing and interesting to you zero sort of gets this message what and he sort of checks in. He checks like his comms to make sure he hasn't gotten any updates from the hospital. He knows he's got like an hour and a half. So he's like, all right, let's check this out. Well, I guess you're off the hook, Diggs. And he lets him go and then he falls to the ground and then he gets off in his speeder. As Zero swings himself onto a speeder, I would just like for you to describe to the audience what Zero looks like because, you know, we, we got Ava. I got to get a glory shot. Yeah. Zero. So this is base color, like a dark blue, like a deep navy. Navy, mm-hmm. with also highlights of red. He's got like a long-tailed suit jacket that buttons up without showing fasteners. Without showing <laughs> fasteners. Uh, with the left arm cut out to make room for his robotic arm. It's unceremoniously cut out, so they're afraid um, oh, cool. string out there. But, you know, this was a purchase for style and not necessarily for the function of the arm. Yeah, deep blue, long-tailed suit jacket, and then let's go with um matching pants with a, a runner down the side of them with that is like dark red and then of course he's got his helmet which is like the black with the leds emojis going on oh and your arm matches the whole thing right oh yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so cool so uh the i think the speeder because it's a cool distinct speeder it's not overly flashy but it's motorcycle style and it's also Diggs's speeder nice Ooh, i think you buzz off down the path and there's like a light cycle style Akira trail following oh, yeah. you. <laughs> and that we do a wipe cut to 
a chaotic imperial training center compound. This is using the same Mandalorian architecture. You can tell it is a newer building, uh, or there are newer additions built onto this building that don't fit in with the Mandalorian architecture style. It's kind of jarring visually, but we see dozens of stormtroopers running around, a lot of them escorting people in handcuffs. There are lots of people who are just being detained with, you know, that are kneeling on the ground as stormtroopers watch over them, waiting for officials to come back and have these people processed or interrogated. And I think Zero and Ava arrive at the same time. It's the sort of thing where a stormtrooper approaches Ava. Can I see your ID? And like Ava, she glares at him. You don't need to see my ID. Well, I think you don't even say that. You glare at him and then Zero walks up behind you. I'll need to see your ID too. And you guys just walk past him. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, And yeah, like you're lost in chaos and you begin a long walk down hallways and there's this sort of unique looking person walking beside you. And after I'd say a couple minutes, it's probably clear that you guys are heading to the same place. Like you go down a long hallway, you get in an elevator. There's a weird like silent elevator ride. You go all the way up to the top of this complex. And then there's another long grand hallway to walk down. That's just unbelievably (laughs) massive with vaulted ceilings. Well, it's not like I haven't seen this person before, right? I've seen Blue. Yeah. I know who Blue is. Mm -hmm. He follows Blue around. Yeah, but you've never talked to him before. And why would you have any reason to talk with him? He hangs out with Blue. This is the first time you're meeting. What time is it? Um, Like you had to ballpark it. This is post-concert. So this has got to be like 8 or maybe even later, 10. In the morning? In the morning. Oh, do you think people have been going all night? Is that the theory? Because when did that concert start? Because it was a Shalova Week concert, so it could have started during the day. Right, but we actually did most of the stuff, so it started at like 10 p.m. So we threw blew off a building at night? Yes. I thought we did that in broad daylight. No. But how long have we been collecting people? This is happening at night? Yes. I'd say I want it to be like as the sun is setting, perhaps. Well, we threw him off a building at night. Okay. So maybe as the sun is rising. Yeah. So then it's like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. As we're walking down these labyrinthian hallways without making a large head gesture, I just kind of like say over, how how likely is it that I'm the... 530 appointment and you're the 545 appointment i'm starting to think we might both be the 530 appointment then okay were you surprised to get the com uh annoyed (laughs) yeah definitely annoyed where's your master master that's i gotta tell you uh that friend employer confidant drinking buddy uh he's a good guy oh Uh, is that the Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, You know, sometimes you do all this work and you don't really know what it looks like to the outside. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I work for the guy, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's mostly professional. Definitely just... He's a good he's a good friend. Okay. I am waiting for him to get out of the hospital. Oh, it's good I didn't insult him. Oh, you can trash talk him all the time. He's a bit of a pill. Oh, he's a short, annoying little bug. But uh, you know, we're still hoping for him all the same. So that's why he's not here. Yeah, he's in uh he's in sort of an intensive care moment at the moment. Gotcha. It's uh we're holding out for him. Sure. And with that, we we switch to a view of Zero's HUD. And we can see there's a 
pulse, like, you know, hospital oh, readout man. pulse on his HUD right now that every now and then he reflexively takes a look at just to yeah. make sure that it's still strong. We're holding out for him. With that, you have approached the grand doors. Again, this is a Mandalorian building. This is like one of the older sections, a Mandalorian section of this Imperial compound. And this is a section built for somebody in a position of authority. So it is overly grandiose. Mm. This temple-like structure. You approach these massive doors. We see the doors. Mm -hmm. She pauses and turns to him. I'm Ava. Oh, Zero. Nice to meet you. It's good to meet you. Open. <laughs> Ava reaches out a hand and waves it at the door. Do you know where the sensor is on this thing? This thing is so big. <laughs> Why would they make it like this? It's got to require at least 12 times the number of motors to open and close in other doors. And is someone just supposed to push it? The door opens like two doors swing in. And I think this is noteworthy in Star Wars because most doors either... <laughs> are not doors where they go yeah <laughs> so swinging when it, doors it, when it, yeah, to the side? It's, it's like as it starts to swing i'm like whoa 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 maybe whoa. it's not going out to towards the side. you yeah yeah <laughs> reflexively i like, like jump go back. into a fighting stance <laughs> you see a pretty grand room with a huge window view over mandalore again just swarms of tie fighters combing back and forth over the city streets and buildings and you see a desk standing Standing next to that desk at attention is a stormtrooper in full uniform with a red stripe that cuts down the side of his helmet. And there is a faint glow, a faint red glow coming from behind one of the eye shields in this helmet. Very unceremoniously, Zero just exclaims, Psy guy! And kind of like walks in and extends like a hand for like a handshake. How you doing, buddy? Oh, Psy, it's just you? Oh, thank God. Not quite just me. I am... I'm standing at attention at the order of the Inquisitor. Is she here? She has temporarily dismissed herself from the room, but I believe she is on the premises. Is she recording? As always, she is monitoring all communication that happens in her office. <laughs> Can't give a yes or no, can you? Yeah, but that's like... That's fine. Hey, Sai. It's so good to see you, my God. Uh, very nice to see you two as well. Um... We're in a bit of a pickle, aren't we? Uh, yeah. With the prison break? Yeah. Uh, this situation, Ava, you, you might not be overly familiar with the imperial politics, but this is what we like to call a mess. Uh, sure, but they haven't had you just down there cleaning up a rabble. It hasn't exactly been hard. Uh, yes, uh, hitting soft objectives is probably not going to be the thing that digs us out of the hole. Apparently the Emperor's Apprentice was just on a call, and it did not sound like it went especially well. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds legitimate. At this point, we have a group of escaped suspected rebels who have very important military intelligence in their possession, in addition to a prison break and another group of escaped rebels. They may now be collaborating together. Wow. Uh, what kind of information are we talking about? Is this uh, stuff? Need to know basis, soldier. Of course. He reaches to pat Cyanox on the shoulder, and then he second guesses it, and then he... <laughs> puts that hand back where it came from. Sinox yes. with the steel unflinching standing at attention ignores it and <laughs> goes on. Uh, right now every bounty hunter in the system has been temporarily commandeered by the Empire. Your services are being paid for by the Empire and right now as of me issuing this notification to you, you are an employee of the Empire. 
Oh, gross. You have the right to refuse, but you would have to turn over your bounty hunting license. What? Ugh. I mean, I'm here, aren't I? I didn't think that I'd be coming here and doing these out of the goodness of my heart. So, yeah, we're fine. Well, you are getting paid the standard imperial rate, so it is very close to the goodness of your heart. <laughs> Ava? He's funny. You are, of course, military, and... Uh, she snaps off an extremely proper salute. That was good. We are going to work on that, but that was good. That's a good start. That's a very good, solid foundation. I thought you'd like it. I did like it. Mm. Right now, what we're doing is damage control. I have been issued a list of potentially high-value prisoners. It's not clear exactly who's made it out of the prison compound. When the break happened, it was very unsuspected. Whoever did the slicing in that system must have known it very well because the system didn't set off any alarms. The gates just opened, the prisoners walked out, commandeered arms, and got out of the facility. None of the fail-safes <laughs> were in place. Mm. Now, some people were just there on minor offences and they stayed in place. Other people were violent criminals. They went on sprees of what criminals do. And other people were very clever, very high-value targets who left the facility, we assume, to put big plans in motion. I have been given a dossier of three targets that we will need you to collect. All right, let's see what we're working with. Okay. Sinox gets out of attention and he walks behind the desk and presses a couple buttons to bring up a display. Display. There's a big hollow display, um, and there's a young-looking man on this display, probably in his mid to late 20s. He is a Mandalorian. He's a distinct Mandalorian, so he's like off-model Mandalorian Model 3, I think. You love this joke. I love this joke! <laughs> there are so many Mandalorians that look exactly the same. The name in Arabesh, right beneath his mugshot, says Cliff Teth. Uh, now, this is an underground arms dealer who was brought in actually just a day ago. He has been selling arms illegally. He's part of several legitimate operations and a couple commemorative Mandalorian military operations. There is a suspected connection with Death Watch. Nothing has been proven. He was brought in for interrogation. Before the interrogation could hit full swing, the prison break occurred and he disappeared. We expect if there is a connection to Death Watch, he is going to try and exit the planet with them. If he does, most of the high-level people who are part of his operation have been taken out. He owns all the keys to the kingdom. That represents a massive bit of arms getting into the hands of Death Watch, which, while not lethal or worrisome, really, to the Imperial hold on Mandalore, will be very annoying and costly. So we think he's a soft target to bring in. Speaking of not-so-soft targets, we move on to the next one on the dossier. It switches to a much more severe-looking Mandalorian. Uh, oh. He's got scars on his face. He looks incredibly physically built. He uh, just has, like, a steel-jawed military look to him. That looks more fun. What train hit him? Well, I expect years and years of resisting the Empire. This is Talik Treknia. Talik is part of one of the more influential families on Mandalore and one of the families that fell from grace after the Empire took over. These are people who are really obsessed with the old ways, who didn't like the Republic and like the Empire just about as much. He's militant, well-armed, well-trained, and he's been fighting his entire life. We suspect that he is part of this arms deal operation, and I think he's the kingpin. 
I've only gone over the file a little bit, but I believe he's at least part of a very sophisticated recruitment operation for people like Cliff who have sympathetic identification with the Death Watch cause. He's the sort of person who's going to be well-armed, well-trained, not the sort of person that you want to go up in a fight with. Uh, He's a nasty one. So uh, what's the odds that uh, we find Cliff, we find this other guy? Uh, what's his name? Tell- Treknia. Treknia. Like 100%, right? Yeah, I mean, they, how, how likely are they to be riding together? I suspect if we arrested Cliff on good information, then Cliff is probably going to try and rendezvous with Treknia for bargaining for transportation off planet. Mm. But I don't know. Again, he could just be some poor kid who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's just doubtful. All right. Finally, we have this. Another face flashes on the screen. This woman appears to be in her late 30s. She's got green skin and facial tattoos. She's a Mary Allen. So for the Star Wars fans playing along at home, that would be... Uh, like Barisafi. Like Barisafi. She looks pale for Mary Allen. She has wrinkles on her face and a look about her eyes that is just unnerving and severe. You can feel in the force, like as soon as the image is flashed in front of you, it feels like she's watching you just from the screen. Even you who's not force sensitive zero, like you look at her and like your bounty hunter instincts are telling you, Oh, that's bad news right there. Yeah. Okay. What's this deal? is Fanola Rexis. And Ava, you asked the perfect question. What's her deal? Well, Fanola's deal is she was imprisoned in this Mandalorian facility and her records have been expunged. So I don't know what her deal is. I do know that she is considered a high value prisoner. And if her records cannot be accessed by me, she must have been one of the pet projects in the Empire. The Inquisitor was very disturbed about the news of this particular prisoner being confirmed at large. And that is part of what led her to leave me in this room standing at attention alone. Okay. So this has the Inquisitor spooked? Yeah, hold on. I'll uh, get on this one. You boys keep talking about the minor other stuff. Let me check in on this. And Ava goes and sits on the desk and gets in a meditative position. So you you sit down to meditate and you feel the force and you feel the dark side of the force. It is this powerful thing that flows through everything and tugs on certain people stronger than others. You feel your node of the force. You are one with the dark side. You feel its power moving through you, but it's almost as if there are vibrations within the force and you feel tugging and it's icy and prickly like needles you try to draw yourself away from it a little bit but it's almost as if when you try to engage with the force you're moving more and whatever presence you're sensing out there senses you back and starts probing towards you you have been in situations like this before you fought other force users you know what it feels like when somebody's trying to get information out of you Mm. um and this is one of those situations okay so shut that down yeah you leave the meditation and you sort of you defend yourself you put up your regular protections that bar other people from learning information from you and come back to whatever these two are talking about we can get somebody to get that speeder back to digs right i'm sure that i can have a trooper run it it's just look i know that it's a tense time for you so yes the inquisitor left right after finding out about uh what's her name raxis 
Um, it was sort of a, I would say, avalanche of events. She got off the call with the Emperor's Apprentice and then immediately received the prison break information. And at that point, she decided her time would be best spent patrolling the area in her tie and that my time would be best spent coordinating these efforts. Okay, and did she ask for us specifically? She did. Okay. And did she ask for her help with this Raxus situation? Uh, this, again, was the dossier that was handed to me, that was messaged to me from the Inquisitor's toy. Gotcha. So is there a particular order that we're looking to bring these people in? For? I think you can do it however you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are just the people that the Empire is looking for, and you apparently have the particular set of skills that the Empire is looking for to accomplish. All right, well then, uh... All right, Sinox, let's grab a Peter and get out of here. Well, as much as I would like to join you for the field work, I am afraid that I have been left in temporary command what? of... Yes, I... Hi. No. The Inquisitor feels that her talents would be best spent patrolling in the tie, which means that somebody has to make sure that all the ground troop operations go smoothly. Get the guy who's at the... who's watching the door. Come Listen, with us. if... These efforts are not coordinated perfectly. Everyone connected with our unit could suffer. Again, the Emperor's Apprentice was on a call. That is bad news. Yes, we know. That is, it's not like we don't you know. know. He doesn't know. I don't know who this guy is. It oh, is very, very bad news. Bad. Again, is this it, is... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, like, um, how, you... How long okay. is his cloak? Uh, ver- to the floor. Ooh. And uh, you wear a scary mask. He's got one of those. Okay. Uh, how do, um, he's got one of these. She dresses to her lightsaber. <laughs> Can she just like click it on and then click it yeah, off? Yeah, she, she clicks <laughs> off it. Oh. Uh, he's got one of these. I don't know. Would you consider me? I consider me scary. I'm terrified You're of formidable. him. You're formidable. Uh, I mean, a little lightly trained, but you know, we can move past that. I mean, but that's irrelevant. I kill lots of people. You, you certainly do. But I, I'm nothing compared to him. Nothing. Wow. Just like a pipsqueak child. Okay. Big. All right. Yeah. Hey, we were doing it before, but now let's definitely do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big bad. So I will make sure that the ground operations go off flawlessly. We will round up every last prisoner. I need you to come back with a full roster. We are digging ourselves out of a mess here. Zero, I really appreciate your assistance, even though I know you don't really have a choice. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say that, but yeah. Ova, I really appreciate you uh, moving in on this. I know that some of the targets are not defined. Uh, I am going to issue uh, my professional concern about that. That is the type of situation that I feel that we're dealing with, and I feel like you should know that going in. Right. If it wasn't clear already. Yeah. Can you speak a little more to that, hon? You get a call on your comm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, she switches it from wrist mode to ear mode and clicks the special relevant button. <laughs> this Rexus person is not a normal perp. She's being kept in a very secure Imperial facility. Ah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she was kept in a private prison somewhere, but the fact that she's kept here and that this place is almost under the direct control, apart from the project of the Inquisitor, I would suspect that this was one of the Inquisitor's pet projects. Um, Everybody's got their hands in all sorts of pies in the Empire, and if the Inquisitor feels that she needs to personally look for this person, uh, then they could be a threat to even you. 
That's one of the reasons that I... And zero, sorry about this. One of the reasons that I requested uh, that we commandeer bounty hunters in the area because I feel like you two would make a good team on this particular case. Uh, reaches up and pats Synox's helmet. <laughs> it was just a weird moment where like, you were having a one-sided conversation and Synox yeah. is standing in front of you, silent and still. <laughs> okay, uh, so good luck, team. All right. Uh, be sure to fill me in on uh, anything that happens. Uh, can we requisition a speeder? How can we get out of here? I mean, this place is fully equipped. There should be speeders in the basement. You have clearance, so just go down. Of and indiscriminate level? Go. I mean... Oh. I want something shiny. Please, can I have something oh, shiny? I shiny, like please. her. This is a training facility, so... You gotta have one shiny speeder, so There are a lot of vehicles here. I feel like your level of clearance, you could be able to get what you want, but Thank as you, long Zynox. as it comes back... <laughs> Thank you, Zynox. As long as it oh, yeah, comes it'll back... Sad, it'll, it'll come back. It'll come I back. Will sign we are halfway off to the door. On... We're at the door. <laughs> <laughs> the door is closing. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> So you guys head down to the garage. There is a scene of just glory shots of this garage. Like you oh, man. open the door. <laughs> What's the budget for this? What's the most expensive song that we can get? Well, that we can get? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we can get the sound of John Williams not returning our calls. <laughs> but, but we can imagine anything. That's the thing. <laughs> Listeners, Kat's <laughs> eyebrows were going crazy when she's, we can imagine anything. Anything. Yeah. So it opens and there's like beautiful lighting effects and then. Sweeping orchestration. And then there are what? Terrible speeders. <laughs> um, no. I mean, this is like an imperial facility. It's not like, they're not flashy colors or anything like that. Okay. But like, this is the best of the best for the largest military in the galaxy and a government that spends way more than half of its money on yeah. the military. It's a scene from like, I can't even think of a movie that would have this scene. It's like one of those scenes where you're supposed to, it's like from a G.I. Joe movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where you oh, like yeah. look for over sure. <laughs> the, the weird gear so that we, the, GI, the Joes have access yeah, to. Yeah, and it's the Space 40s. Uh -huh. So it's it's all like... Oh, I just imagine regular vehicles with rockets strapped to them. <laughs> right. It's like hover jeeps. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but it's not like hover jeeps. It's like the speeders <laughs> yeah. that you see on Endor, um, but like more so. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, Extra, though. Yeah. I, I think this is a, not just a training facility. I think this is a testing facility as well. Mm. Oh, well, in that case, I want to walk past the regular guys go into like the testing part and then like grab the super speeder that we're like just toying around with yeah we kind of like open up we see all these guys we're going around like making mental notes that guy that guy that guy and then there's like, a moment where we stop and then there's like a big we pan up to like see the experimentation room and... yeah there, there's like a lone stormtrooper standing in front of that door yeah and then it's like walk up to uh can we go in here? What's your clearance level? I'm already gone. I'm already through. <laughs> hey! <laughs> it's the same guy. <laughs> I just got reassigned. Um, yeah, and so... And then the lights come on. Like, this room was in the dark. Yeah. And then one lone spotlight. <laughs> they, those were all on the sides. This on is this in the middle. black and gold speeder. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, it's so nice. Go back. Let's save Stormtrooper, take his keys, and then just like ignition and... Yeah, then it's just us outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, like, the the stupid thing about the the engine revving and then Azero's gloves uh, oh, yeah. on the... The lights flare on, backlights flare on, like, raise up. There's so much dust on the floor for some reason. It gets kicked up. Open the door. Punch it. Yeah, it's a hover vehicle, but it roars like a muscle car. <laughs> um, and you tear down the relatively empty streets. Uh, right now, there is a curfew being uh, like very strictly enforced all across the city. So there's not a lot of traffic, which the big advantage of that is that you really <laughs> get to hit the accelerator down these roads. So yeah, where are you guys headed? What are you guys doing? So I am wearing a helmet. A helmet came with the with the speeder. Mm-hmm. It is black and gold and matches it perfectly. Yeah. And I am sitting side saddle on this thing uh, with my arm hooked up around zero zero's waist as you are driving, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I patch into you. So we're doing the whole Cliff Teth thing first, right? Because he seemed to be the linchpin in securing things for he's the arms dealer. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed if uh, we lock him down, it'll just make the other two a little bit easier. Especially uh, uh, Talectrechnia. Talectrechnia. I will never commit him to memory. That's okay. I got um, it. Yeah, so if we lock down Cliff, we can, uh, we can really uh, get a jump start on Trefoil. Uh, Talic. 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 Yeah. 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 It's okay. I got it. Yeah. So we have his apartment. Here's where it is. She sends a map to your HUD. Mm-hmm. That's where I'd start, unless you have any better plan. Uh, you know what? Let's just go with that. Okay. Um, you seem to be force sensitive and uh, kind of feely. He does like a weird. <laughs> Well, gunning it down the road. (laughs) Okay, hands on the wheels. It's like Uh, 600 miles per hour. My bad, my fault. Won't do that again. No, you're fine. That's not why I think we should go to his place. The reason I think we should go to his place is standard detective protocols. I can't do any force things without knowing things about him. It would be Mm. useful to me to know more about him, and then I can make a more educated guess about where he might be using the force. But legwork is typically the way to find someone. If you have a good way of hunting someone down, we're both assassins. What's what's your read on this thing? Oh, definitely legwork. I just, I rarely get to work with people who say they use the force. And I just kind of assumed that right out of the gate, you were pulling tricks, moving stuff with your mind that I just can't see. Cool. And kind of had like a hand on the things and like an otherworldly pulse. Gotcha. Here's the way I feel about magic. Don't use it unless you need to. It seems very responsible, kind of boring, but... I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. He right. does a sick drift around a corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I get where you're coming from. And yeah, I like that was your, pretty cool, right? I like your style. Nice. Well, then, uh, yeah, we'll head to Cliff's place. Cliff Tef. Cliff Tef. Cliff Tef. I got the place. names. Thank you. So we get uh, we, we go over to like the speedometer and the RPMs on this speeder. 
and the little dial for the speed goes up as he accelerates and that also reveals the next scene as we zoom in on that oh good transition revving up good transition uh i really for any interested viewer uh listeners willing to take on this challenge could you compile the different kinds of transitions (laughs) that cat and james have used throughout (laughs) this this series including the the number of star wipes (laughs) there are it's Star an egregious number. <laughs> yeah. You see an apartment block and a, you know, less great part. There is, again, a lot of Imperial presence here. There are stormtroopers everywhere. You can now see up just outside the Atmo, even though it is daylight out, there are several Star Destroyers above the planet's atmosphere, just enforcing martial law on this city. There are stormtroopers who are patrolling the blocks. And there's one standing in front of the apartment building that you guys have the address to. Okay. I walk up to that guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, Trooper. Afternoon. Ah, uh, morning still, buddy. You been up late? Uh, it, it's, it's been a rough beat. Uh, we, we, we just warped in from another world and uh, now we're doing this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, how's it been going here? Uh, good. Uh, we have uh, troopers investigating the scene. Apparently, there's a runner who lives here. Yes. Have you been finding anything? Um, just basic stuff. Kind of boring. It's weird that the Empire would even be interested in this fella. Right. Can you give me just the rundown on basics of what you found, stuff that could help in the investigation? My friend and I are here to take over. Oh, sure. Well, he apparently was had a bit of a military fetish, which I understand is not rare on Mandalore. He uh, worked in an arm shop selling uh, basic legal arms to the people of Mandalore. Uh, he was also involved in several reenactment societies and uh, mm. collectors of ancient Mandalorian military paraphernalia. A nerd. Got it. Yeah, nice. yeah. Your basic blaster head. Real, real into the stuff. Talks about it pretty avidly. Uh, we did find a journal, mostly vanilla stuff. Talks about finding rare items, being excited about it. There were a few entries that were flagged. He mentioned being nervous about... Do you have that? Have you bagged it already? Uh, I mean, it's, it's all up in the place. Uh, we sort of left things in their element because we we heard some spooky stuff was going to go down. Great. That's perfect. Okay. We'll take it from here. Thanks so much. Uh, no no problem, ma'am. Then like another stormtrooper like comes over to him is like, "Is that the one?" Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> spooky stuff. Do uh do they always uh talk about you behind your back when you leave? Yeah, they do. Don't you you wouldn't ask her out. <laughs> She looks honestly a little defeated after the door closes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, spooky stuff. Mm. Well, uh, we can uh, take a once around, uh, maybe look for that journal. Yeah, uh, that's probably in the bedroom, you figure. I don't know if we need necessarily two people going in there. Uh, Yeah, I'll head up and look for that. Do you want to... He probably has, like, a work room if he's into hobby things. Do you want to... I'll give it a shot. Cool. 
Uh, yeah, I guess I go look for maybe a console in a separate room. So, yeah, I think you head to... I'm, I'm going to say we this... both j- uh, just make perceptions? Yeah, oh, let's do perceptions. And I think both perceptions are going to be three purple dice. But you can see that even just as you enter, items like his data pad and things like that are left out on the table. Okay. Do we have black or blue to this? No. Okay. Blue is in here. He's in the hospital. <laughs> Poor Zero. <laughs> Poor baby. Two successes and a threat. Perfect. Oh, two successes, two threats, and a triumph. I think what I'm going to do is go to Ava first. Okay. Ava, you pick up the data pad that has been identified as his journal. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that there are four skills that help you locate things, but I kind of want to make you tie the force into the flavor of your perception, if that's cool. She generally just relies on the force for general feelings. Okay. So yeah, you pick up this data pad and then you head into his bedroom. There are some vintage Mandalorian propaganda hollows that have been like put on the walls, like projected onto the walls. There are a lot of blasters and blaster parts scattered about the room. It looks like there's a tiny workbench station by his bedside. But other than that, uh, everything is sort of like very rigid and military. And you are holding this journal and the feeling that strikes you, it's the feeling that you get when somebody is lying to you. And it is not a lie out of fear. Mm. Um, This is a calculated lie. Sure. He's intending to throw us off the trail of something. Yes. Um, Like you see this journal and the flagged sections pulled up in front of you. You know, you tap a thing on your bracelet and they project in front of you and you can see the entries. This journal is telling the story of someone who is avid in the collector circuit for Mandalorian goods and is nervous about fellow collectors being involved in something that he's not involved with. And that is ringing to you false. Based on the intentions here, you feel the willingness to kill in the blaster parts that you have there. You get from the posters a very militant pride. So everything about the way this room reads to you as though it is somebody who would actively be resisting the empire or is a soft target for death watch recruiting you can react to that information if you like i don't think i need to react so much as i'm curious about what else is on the level she doesn't use the calm she heads to find zero Mm -hmm. and on her way she heads through the kitchen and gets distracted by does he have calf or tea what does he have does he calf. Have, he has calf good thank god honestly thank the bogan uh instant honestly, calf. honestly <laughs> instant calf. honestly thank instant the bogan instant oh. calf well i mean i mean that's what we have on the murder ball you know yeah. okay yeah that's right that's what, what we have on the murder ball that's not what blue has in the murder well ball. i don't live on the blue you don't bird. you don't run in that crowd that's, yeah yeah so i'm fine with instant cast okay I but to make it. guys really important question what is the star wars parody name for a keurig machine this isn't as important to us as it is to johnny that's the uh, thing I mean, about is, us I'm really oh, yeah. it's still really deeply important calf a calf rig calf rig yeah i think he's got a calf rig he's got a calf rig there are a bunch of pods dirty pods left out um, i mean it's better than nothing mm-hmm. uh, what types of pods does he have that's an important question uh regular no yeah. no <laughs> it's like that's terrible this is military grade calf 
Uh, he doesn't even have like French vanilla. No. Oh. Okay. Well, I make two things of regular calf in this calf rig. What are his cups, at least? What are his mugs? Um, he has a. Oh gosh, what planet do I want? A bike Felucia mug from like four years ago. Okay. And he has a Mandalorian history mug, which is just like, it's basically what on earth we know is a Boba Fett mug. (laughs) Okay, Clifteth. Okay. It didn't have to be this way, (laughs) Clifteth. So you place the pod into the calf rig and you like slam down that arm and steam sort of jets out of it. And like, in that, as that steam clears, we're, we're at the new scene with Zero. Uh, so I'm kind of like in a workroom looking for just like a console. Uh, here is the thing. You're a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. You are a really good bounty hunter. Uh, you are a good bounty hunter your whole life, basically. What is the first thing that you look at that most people don't look at? I check the walls in mm-hmm. terms of like anything for like a hidden panel or something like that. So I just like, I walk into a room and immediately my hand goes up, my robotic hand goes up and i just kind of trail the perimeter of the wall just like feeling for any kind of like bumps or anomalies within the wall i yeah i love it you have a perfect friction detection on your arm you're sort of looking at the date the raw data feed it's it's on your hud and you see a slight anomaly and then with that hand the repulsor goes off you just smash through that (laughs) wall yeah and you hit something solid, move some of the plaster out of the way, and there is a wall safe. Yeah, for sure. See the wall safe? Man, I love being a cyborg. <laughs> and, so, and so without even, I just immediately just start trying to slice into the mechanics of the safe. And based on the triumph of your perception, I don't think this is hard. Oh, for sure. Okay, well all. then in that case, <laughs> it'll be all in one motion where it's just like repulsor into, mm-hmm. I find the safe, I say to myself, I love being a cyborg, and then grab, and then pull it out. Yeah, I think you just pull the safe right out of the yeah. wall. The door swings open as like you're like very unnaturally, oh, your yeah. hand like rotated and whatnot to open the safe, and it like swings open you look down into it you see some credit sticks you see a data pad and a blaster okay i pocket the credit sticks of course i look at the blaster i say that's cute and i put it back (laughs) and then i take up the data pad you take out the data pad and it looks like it's pretty much exclusively used for a balance sheet this has unlabeled transactions in it it's got some sort of code that is essentially like a UPC log list. And it's, you know, debits and credits, but those are divided amongst several different sheets. All the sheets have like date labeling. At first you thought, okay, maybe this is separate years, but you notice like, okay, no, it's not separate years because we've got a couple of transactions happening on the same day and it clicks. These are locations. Mm. These sheets are separated by locations. So after looking at that, you then just sit there thinking for a second and you get the idea for a comlink. You go looking for his comlink, which is laid out on the table where the other Imperials put it, 
and you slice into it and open up the Wi-Fi list and you see where this comlink has like attached to different Wi-Fi oh, points wow. on the planet. Yeah. And based on that, you match those locations up to what you expect. So you now have a rough map of where he was at least doing the books for different arms dealing businesses around the city. Yeah. All right. We got ourselves a traveling man. Uh, I log in all that stuff and then I just kind of, eh, a little bit, maybe louder than one would normally. But as I, Ava, I think I may have found something. She's like, right. Ah! (laughs) Which, uh, which mug? Oh, oh, bike for sure. Yeah. You know what this thing is? Bike? What's bike? Oh, you don't know about bike? Mm -mm. The Bounty Hunters Intergalactic Killing and Kidnapping Expo? what how do you not know how do you call yourself a formidable foe around the galaxy you don't know about the biggest bounty hunting expo i'm not a bounty hunter tell me about this tell me about this oh my god okay uh (laughs) he pulls up a chair like sits down cross and she comes and sits on the the desk right next to him okay so think about the wildest party that you have ever been to you know i don't go to a lot of parties i mostly just go to okay. uh like balls and things to kill people okay uh, uh, not far off you're not far off all right now just imagine that but instead of instead of a ton of alcohol it's only a little bit of alcohol i don't drink at these i'm there on assassination oh yeah yeah you know i mean the alcohol is there you don't have to partake in it but it is always around okay um but now throw in the grossest smarmiest vendors and the most the the weirdest so like a marketplace it's a marketplace but it's huge but then there's also uh dancing everywhere and everybody's drinking and but then you can also get weapons and 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 guns that you can't find anywhere else it's and oh the contraband the contraband you can get is amazing it's like it's like life day but the goal of the end result of everything is to kill or kidnap someone Uh. (laughs) i feel like i'm not describing this well You, you know what it's fine it's fine you should go sometime when is it uh yeah, in like, like a week you gotta you like check your calendar oh, okay. and it's like uh, so like my so in this whole time zero has been talking very much with his hands <laughs> and so he locks in on like pointing both hands at ava she asks when is it and so without moving there's just like a long like series of bloops and bleeps as zero checks his systems like oh my god it's in a week oh my god it's so close you gotta go you have to go uh, I guess I do have a lot of vacation time. Can I even go to this thing? Again, I'm not a bounty hunter. Oh, you don't have to be a bounty hunter. You can become a bounty hunter at bike. I don't want to become a bounty hunter. Well, you don't have to become a bounty hunter then. You don't have to be a bounty hunter, all right? You just have to either become a bounty hunter, which you can do there, or, you know, you can go with a bounty hunter. And I got a plus one, and my date's in the hospital, so... that's very that's a very uh, you want to go to bike after this is over yeah are you inviting me to a bounty hunting convention i yes blue hates those things all right it's he says like the the company that they keep there is awful even if and when he gets out of the hospital he will not want to go and i would just love to introduce people to bike to the concept of bike to the concept of bike it I sounds sh- like i'm i'm very confused about the concept because it sounds like like bimisari plus a dance club that's what i'm getting from it 
you're not you're not far at all. I'm not far. You're not far. You might even be more spot on than me, and I've been to bike. Okay. Okay. All right. If you say yes, you can't say no. Uh, no Tixies, backsies. I'm tentatively in. I, that, that's, <laughs> there's room for Tixies, backsies in there. I know we just met, but you, you got to say yes or you got to say no. Right now, I have to decide if I'm all in or out. You know what? By the time, all right, when we round up all these dudes, when we round up these three criminals, yeah, we'll see how let, me, goes. let me know, that? all right? We'll see okay. how today goes. We don't want to lock anything too much. We just got to know each other. Okay. How... I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd your thing go? Because I feel like I'm getting a read on Cliff Teth, and uh, he seems a little bit like bad news. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's so... got a safe in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> End of episode. Now, how about a Dear My Knock letter? Dear Lynn, on my home planet, a lot of things have been changing recently. The new governess sucks, and no one is working together like they used to. You've gone through a lot in your life. How have you learned to deal with change, and how do you and the rest of the crew keep your hopes up even when things are looking grim? Yours, frustrated on Fondor. On what? Fondor. Findar? No, not Findar. I hate this universe. Fondor. Really? I hate every planet in this universe. Just because, <laughs> Just because there are places you don't know? No, it's not, it's not that. It's it's that there's a Findar and a Fondor. Well, it's not all that confusing. Like, you're from Dantooine, right? <laughs> Tatooine. Yeah, that's what I said, Dantooine. See, this is the prob- this is my this is my problem with the universe. What are there, four letters in this whole universe? <laughs> Come on, get it together. There are at least four Yavins. <laughs> that's true. But they're all from the Yavin system. But they're all from the Yavin system. Honestly, if I was from Fondor, Fondor. and I found out there was a Findar, we'd change our name to, like, Venus or something. We'd immediately <laughs> change it is fondor the stuff problem that they put with, on like, cakes or cestus and uh what or what's another what about, i hate this whole universe don't you understand i, I hate it all just or, because naming conventions are similar ord mandel yes. mandrell yeah ord mantel mantel that's it i was thinking of the the host of just America's because Got Talent. there are a lot of different ords yeah i think it's it's mostly just the name similarity because i understand i understand that this whole universe these planets grew up independent of each other it's not like there was one collection of authors that was deciding the names of all of these planets. You know, we are from Fondar. We've never even heard of Findor or Spoonerisms. And that's how it occurs, okay? It's not just like one person being like, what about a planet called Fondor? And be like, well, we already have Findar. Well, we have Fondar too. But you know that some of the naming conventions are a result of like colonialism. That's true, yeah. And I think it was Eric Findar decided to yep eric findar where, where, where is findar and fondor in relation to each other i have no idea no we'll never know at least people's names are not quite as confusing that's true like there aren't that many people with the name antilles <laughs> yeah and, and exactly dark glider and <laughs> skywalker only barely sound very similar yeah anyway well, uh... i think the big piece of advice that i'll have for this person that i think everybody here will agree is never forget that you have the plans to the murder ball how well, could you... no i mean that, that's how basically could you it... think that everyone here would agree with anything that you say i mean because i feel like we're doing it <laughs> all right I'm, i'll listen i'll hear you out skeptical uh, you go to the edges of society you bend together with other people that you know and you violently rise up against this government right <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, I used to be pretty against violence, but as time goes on, definitely more okay with it. Yeah, you like, just way more okay with it. It's targeted assassinations. It's <laughs> it's uh, capturing resources and redistributing them for more military action against this government that you don't like. Here's a question I have: Is it morally okay? to punch yes. a stormtrooper in the face. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Of course. I think it is. Unless... Why oh, here's the thing. It be? It's really common for somebody to uh, knock out a stormtrooper and dress up in their uniform and then go walk around so that they can kill more stormtroopers. Fair enough. And you you also wouldn't want to punch a stormtrooper with the helmet on either. No, because exactly. that could hurt your hand. That yeah, could exactly. hurt your hand. Exactly. So, in of- this situation, this is a, is a stormtrooper actually- in street clothes, like a tie or whatever, and he's got like a real douchey haircut. And he's calling <laughs> himself something different than a stormtrooper. Sure, yeah. yeah. And he's adjusting his palpy pin. Yeah. Oh, oh he's talking about the palpy. I hate palpy pins. But, yeah. Do you know the palpy was that whole meme? It wasn't the no. stormtroopers that started that. They, no, they was adopted it. It was just some cartoonist. Yeah. Ugh, these guys make me sick. No, I think I think everybody agrees that you go out and you, you deck them. Deck as many stormtroopers as possible and take out political leaders and take over the government. And your arm, it's meant to be a piston. Everybody knows that, right? Uh, I know it better than anyone. My advice would be if you could get a robot arm that punches extra hard, right. yeah. do that. When you say piston, do you mean horse? <laughs> no. What do you mean by uh, you, it's meant to be a piston? I'm, I'm, I'll show you. I mean that like... I don't want to see it. Well, you won't. You'll feel it. <laughs> I'm just talking about not injuring your hands. That's, that's oh, you mean like uh, chuck the thumb inside the fingers? N- well, no. no that's, no, a, that's, that's definitely that's to get your, your thumb break broken. Your thumb. That's how you break somebody's face no, with that's... extra thumb weight. Mm-mm, no. mm-mm. That's how you throw you the full weight of your the fist. The thumb is still with you if you keep it outside, but, but it do you want it break. with you or do you want it inside you? No, you know what I'm saying? You don't want it inside you. You want the force with you, but not inside you. <laughs> That's, I always have to, I always forget that. You want the force with you, with you not but inside not inside you. you. There's so many times I've almost eaten the force. And I've been like, no, 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 with me, not inside me. And, and how weird, smear it on my face. How weird would it be if every time you like leave to go on a mission, they're like, may the force be inside you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, be exactly. That, that sounds gross. That sounds real the gross. whisper in the back of your head. When someone says, may the force be with you, do you like subconsciously think and also with you? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. I think that every All time. the time. Lift up your hearts. We, we lift, lift them, them up, up to, to the, the force. force. <laughs> but in general... Uh, there are lots and lots of practical action things, right? Sure. Absolutely. And Write your senator, you know? Yeah, uh, write your galactic senator. They're well, supposed you can to, before the Senate gets disbanded. Yeah, they're supposed to represent you. We don't know that the Senate's going to be disbanded. I mean, we mm. do. Oh, no, we really don't. It's really trending in that direction. I'll read this really compelling article in Teen Rogue. And <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know. I don't think the Senate's long for. It's probably got like a decade left, if that. Either way, the, I mean, their power is being effectu- uh, effectively drained. Yeah. Well, but that doesn't mean that they're not doing things right now. That's true. And you can help them filibuster things at the moment, you know? And, and, and show they up. need your support And that's to big do picture that. stuff, too. But there's also, like, the, you know, the acting locally uh, things that you can do as well. Like going to a town hall and booing the f*** out of Jason Chaffetz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real world Jason Chaffetz. Yeah, real world Jason Chaffetz. <laughs> and... Ugh. I think that there are like schools of thought that just because your particular planet is either overrun by Imperials or is like really safe and uh, in, in a refuge from Imperials. Right. Like uh, a place like Bimisari that is just uh, beautiful and holistic and really insulated and well represented in the Senate that there's no point in showing up. But that is absolutely not true. That's taking political action is that's the way that things get done. They need your voice to be able to act in either direction. Absolutely. 
they, true. they need either pressure against the continued assault on reason or uh, they, they need support and they need uh, they need to know that, that you appreciate the work that they're doing. Yeah, and remember, if you're on an Imperial-controlled planet, capturing and neutralizing military-controlled sections, capturing broadcast equipment, letting them know that you're in control, this is what we need to be doing. Yep. And and donate to the ICLU, the Intergalactic Civil Liberties Union. And donate to the survivors on Planet Parenthood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they really, really... Yeah. There's a lot of orphans in this galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all on Planet Parenthood, and they could use your coin. Probably more than you could. But also, um, we talk about using violence because we're extremely comfortable with that. And good at it. We all grew Very up with... Very good at it. With... Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> but, like, we all grew up... Good hit in uh so surrounded by it my my background ryloth was always involved with wars back i'm the, a child soldier yeah but, child slave uh i think i was born with this robot hand <laughs> we're fairly violent people we're comfortable with this sort of thing but i know that a lot of people aren't and the revolution takes all kinds violence isn't necessary yeah, you don't need to be pro-violence to pull the trigger on a blaster as soon as you learn how that's to not do what that, i'm saying it gets I'm, easier every time oh I'm yeah saying, definitely Definitely. I agree with you, uh, uh, definitely, Lintel. The, the, after the first kill, you become desensitized <laughs> to the violence. I'm I can saying... agree with that as a as a famous author. I can agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. 100%. Thank I remember, you, I mean, I was up all night after the first person whose life I took. Uh, uh, the guilt was unconscionable. But now I could kill a child in the streets and eat a full meal. No, but that's okay. But someone needs to cook that meal. Someone needs to cook the meal. Oh, the murderers, the people murderers can cook. Who? Oh, are you thinking are that I can't cook just because I'm good at troopers. killing? If you. If you if you're not comfortable killing, you can always train your son. First of to all, kill. you, Lynn, sit down right now. I'm no. going to make you a four course meal. <laughs> okay. Then we're going to park the spaceship, and yes. I'm going to kill the first person I see. <laughs> and I'm going to show you that it is I can do both. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. You're very welcome, and I hope you like eggs because three of the dishes got them. Okay, frustrated. I hope that helped you, and welcome to the rebellion. There are a lot of ways to cook eggs, though. Seven. Oh, yeah. Isn't each, isn't each? Thanks for listening to this month's episode of Evil Campaign. The crew of the Bluebird will be back again next month. Before I leave you, first, let me tell you about one of our affiliates. Our Fair City is a subversive, post-apocalyptic science fiction audio epic for the internet. Evil Campaign is a part of the Campaign Podcast, which is a one-shot podcast network production. The Star Wars Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny role-playing games belong to Lucas Books and Fantasy Flight Games. Finally. All music on the show is performed by the Snowdens of yesteryear. Until next time, there is no death. There is the Force. (laughs) 